from Singapore to Stockholm, London to LA, this is the Planet Health Podcast. Join your host, Chris Cara, as he explores the culture, history, and traditions of the healthiest countries on the planet. In each episode, we discover the best well-being habits on Earth, then help you to implement them into your life. Welcome back to Planet Health. I'm Chris Cara, culture and well-being writer, nutrition coach, and when it comes to this podcast, something of a global explorer. Now, we all know how bad smoking is for you. Well, sedentarism is the new smoking, and it's a big claim, but it's one very much grounded in reality. As the name suggests, sedentarism is simply living a sedentary lifestyle. In other words, one based around low levels of movement and activity. So in today's episode, we're looking at sedentarism and its consequences. We're going to check whether you're suffering from it. And most importantly, we're going to explore what we can do about it. So let's start by asking, what exactly is sedentarism? And we're going to go back in time for this. For millennia, human life was filled with movement. Throughout history, people foraged for food, went to war, worked down mines and used manual tools. We've all heard an old relative talk about walking five miles to school in the snow every day. Maybe that was you once. But ultimately, being physically fit and constantly active has been paramount to human survival. But then came the car, the office and the smartphone, and along with it came sedentarism. There's no hiding that the vast majority of modern life involves sitting and staying relatively still. You can now make a living, go grocery shopping, sort your finances, answer the door, and catch up with friends all without leaving your desk. Your relaxation away from the desk may involve blobbing out on the sofa for the rest of the evening in front of Netflix. And when we do go outside, we can get our fat, salt and caffeine fix in drive through restaurants and coffee shops. And then as you retire into bed, you can turn on the heating and turn off the light using your smartphone. The short of it is that in modern life, you don't really need to move at all. And unfortunately, the consequences of this are massive. It's a colossal risk to your health. Now, forgetting the important fact that sitting around turns off calorie and fat burning processes in the body, sedentary lifestyles have been linked to every ailment under the sun. For example, strokes, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, various cancers, chronic pain, postural issues and multiple mental health disorders, among other things. So yeah, not really great news. And I've linked to a study on sedentarism over on the website planethealth.online. So you can head there and check it out if you want to read a little more on the negatives. But in short, sit around and watch your waist expand while your quality of life quickly decreases. So we've covered that this sitting epidemic is not good for you. And in fact, you may have taken counteractive measures to battle it with a formal exercise routine that may include running, cycling, swimming, weightlifting, or dance classes. And I don't want to discourage you, but the truth is that a few activity sessions each week barely scrape the surface in combating the amount of inactivity involved in 21st century life. 
Think of it like this. If you do six 30-minute sessions each week, say three half-hour morning jogs and three half-hour Zumba classes, then that's a combined three hours of formal exercise each week. And on the surface, this is actually a very good effort. Yet, of the 168 hours in the week, this three hours equates to just 1.8% as time spent moving. And worryingly, many people won't even do these three hours of movement and will rely solely on incidental movement alone. And of course, if the incidental movement is limited to walking from the sofa to the fridge, then we're in very big trouble indeed. Okay, so what do we do? Clearly, there's great value in formal higher-intensity exercise like running, cycling, and swimming that I just mentioned. If you do these, then keep doing them. These activities have incredible benefits. Yet, trying to boost your movement levels by adding more formal exercise can be a recipe for failure, especially if you do too much too soon. Luckily, the remedy to sedentarism is simple, and it's something I talk about pretty much every episode on this podcast. It's walking. Now, for something so simple, walking is something of a health and well-being all-star. Let's start with the obvious. The act of walking burns calories, which is important in our battle against sedentarism and the weight gain that often comes with it. The exact number of calories burned during walking will depend on your weight, gender, the speed at which you walk, and many other factors, but roughly 20 steps will burn one calorie. However, walking cannot be reduced to a simple calorie burner. Importantly, it can strengthen your heart, lowering both blood pressure and the risk of a heart attack. Meanwhile, walking can also toughen the muscles in your legs, particularly if you incorporate gradients like hills and stairs. Walking can also ease joint pain by encouraging the flow of lubricating synovial fluid in your joints. So, great if you're suffering from arthritis. In terms of digestive health, walking helps speed up peristalsis, the movement of food through your digestive tract, which can ease digestive complaints and contribute to a feeling of greater satiation. Ultimately, because of this, an after-dinner walk can help you feel more satisfied with less food. And I've discussed the Italian tradition of La Passeggiata on this podcast before, so you can go back and check out that if you haven't already. It's episode number 29 of this podcast, while the article on it is linked in the episode description. To truly see the benefits of walking manifest, it must become a habit. Now, I don't want this episode to go on for too long, so I'll tackle this topic in more depth soon, but I will sum up with two ways to incorporate more walking into your day. And number one is to track and increase your walking. So, I suggest start tracking and monitoring your steps if you're not doing this already. Whether this is a smartphone or a smartwatch or a pedometer, just start tracking your steps each week. Begin by recording a week of walking as you usually would, and we'll call this week zero. So at the end of week zero, determine the weekly average and then add 10% to your daily target for the following week. So for example, if you walked an average of 2,000 steps every day in week zero, then your target would be 2,000 200 per day for week one, then 2,420 per day for week two. If you hate maths like me and you find it easier, then you can simply stick to a static number, such as adding 200 steps a day each week. 
So in other words, 2,000 steps in week 0, 2,200 in week 1, 2,400 in week 2, 2,600 in week 3, and so on. And there's no hard rule here. Just add a realistic number for you and then do your best to achieve it. And if you can, try to exceed this number often, especially on weekends when you have more free time. And if all that sounds too confusing, the short of it is to track what you're already doing and then just add some more steps each week. That's the basic idea. The second way to incorporate more walking into your day is to increase your incidental walking, which just means walk wherever you can. And here are some suggestions. So if you're ordering groceries online, just stop ordering them online and actually physically go to the supermarket for your shopping. That's a couple of thousand steps right there. And obviously, when you get to the supermarket, then park further away from the doors. Or, of course, you can walk to the supermarket in the first place. Also, you can just start walking for short journeys, whether that's to work or to take the kids to school or to grab a newspaper. If you use public transport, you can get off the bus or the train one or two stops earlier than usual and then walk the rest of the way. Uh, wherever you end up, maybe that's an office block or a building, of another kind of building, uh, you can use the stairs instead of the lift. Uh, maybe at the tube station, use the stairs instead of the escalators. Uh, another thing when you're at home, and something I do often, I stand up and pace the room when I'm on the phone. So as soon as the phone rings, I pick it up and I just start pacing. I can usually get 500 steps in while I'm on the phone. You can also stand up and pace the room during ad breaks on TV. These are just suggestions. There's loads of options to adding steps into your day, even if you're really busy. While seemingly harmless, Sedentarism is an epidemic that's linked to so many health complaints and diseases, and we all must battle it to improve our health. And we've discussed why sitting's bad for you and why exercise sessions aren't enough, and which is why I recommend walking more every day. Walking is fundamental fitness. It's something that most people can do at any age and anywhere. It's low impact and it's safe for your joints. Plus, very little skill is required and it doesn't cost any money. So I suggest using some of my tips I just mentioned to increase your daily walking, and over the next couple of weeks, watch your health improve. Anyway, give it a go, and let me know what you think. That's all I have for you for this episode. I do hope you enjoyed. If you did, please consider rating me on the platform you listen, as it really does help, and of course, subscribe if you haven't already done so. I will be back very soon for another episode, but until next time... Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Planet Health Podcast. For more culture and well-being from around the world, visit our website at planethealth.online.